Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Good morning. Good to see you guys. I totally unplugged my computer, so I totally messed up the screen. So if y'all can go ahead and switch that, I'll fix it for you. My bad, my bad. We'll have to see where it went now. Gotta love technology. I'm glad y'all are patient with me. In the meantime, you know, we could uh, sing happy birthday to somebody who has a birthday in the room. Amy Mitchell, stand up for us, our lovely keys player. And let's, let's hear the best happy birthday y'all got. Let's sing to her. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, gal. <laughs> you know, have you ever noticed how many birthdays are in September? If you back up nine months, it's the holiday season. So now we know where them babies come from, huh? We even have one in September, huh? <laughs> All right, y'all. We're good to go now. Good morning. Sorry about making you wait there. Welcome to No Limits. So glad you're here at church. This is the best place to be on a Sunday morning, in case you didn't know. But if you're joining us online, we're glad you're with us there as well. Today, we're continuing a series that we're calling Choose Joy. I think y'all are going to be surprised to find out how much God cares about joy. I was surprised to figure out how many times it's used in the Bible, honestly. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're on a mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. In other words, we want to help you live the life that God planned for you before you were even born. And it's a journey. You don't get there overnight. You also don't get there by yourself. And that's the whole reason we get together on Sundays. That's the reason we get together in our small groups throughout the week. And the goal we're reaching for is found in Ephesians 3.20. What does it tell us? God wants to blow our minds with what he can accomplish through us. If we'll just come together as a group of believers who allow him full control. So that's what we're after. That's why we're called No Limits Church. You know what to do. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, take the limits off. You know it's time. All right, let's continue this series called Choose Joy. I want to start off with our core scripture for this series. Take a look. It's in Isaiah 61.3, and it says that God wants to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, God wants to give you joy for every area of your life where you're kind of depressed or where you're just kind of down or you're kind of bummed out. God wants to bring joy into your life and replace all of that. And notice that the heaviness that we experience in life isn't just circumstantial. There's a spirit of heaviness. Sure, circumstances can bring heaviness into our lives, but sometimes it's spiritual. Maybe more times than not, it's a spiritual thing that we don't even realize what's going on. So the spirit of heaviness, it's a real thing. But we don't have to have it in our lives because Jesus came. He paid the price for you to have joy instead of that spirit of heaviness. Come on, the name of Jesus is above all names. It's more powerful. The one who's in you is greater than the spirit of heaviness. So y'all don't forget that. But you have a part to play in this. You have to choose it. You can't wait to feel joy. You got to choose joy, and then your feelings will catch up to what you chose. So go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to choose joy. Last week in part one of this series, we examined the life of the Apostle Paul, and we found out that 
we're going to have a hard time experiencing joy if we don't choose to pray first. In other words, you really can't experience joy if you don't have a lifestyle of prayer. And the reason it works like this is simple. Prayer draws you closer to God. And when that happens, it replaces all the anxieties, all the worries with peace. It redirects your thoughts to the good things, right? It does all kinds of good things for you. And all those wonderful things come as a benefit of having a purposeful and dedicated prayer life. And we all got to do that. If you want to fulfill your purpose in life, if we want to fulfill this purpose as a church, we all have to be intentional about prayer. It has to be an important thing in our life. But today I want to show you how choosing joy is truly a life-changing choice. God doesn't give you joy just for joy's sake, although it's real nice to have joy in your life, but there's actually a purpose behind the joy that God gives you. That's what we're going to look at today. But let me ask you a question. How many of you grew up thinking church was a serious place? Yeah? Like uh, maybe you went to a church where there wasn't a whole lot of laughter going on. The old men just kind of showed up with a frown on their face because their wives made them come or something like that. Nevertheless, God has a way of bringing laughter even into the most stiff churches. And one of my favorite things is um, the church bulletin bloopers. Now, we don't have them here, so you may be like, what's a church bulletin? Well, basically, it's like a newspaper for a church. Some churches print these off every week. But, you know, churches don't have a budget to hire an editor like a newspaper does. So some funny things tend to make it into these bulletins. And I wanted to share some of them with you. Here's the first one. The pastor will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing, break forth into joy. He's gone. Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. One word got messed up there. They meant to say sick in our church and community. Ladies, the rummage sale is a good chance to get rid of things not worth keeping around. Bring your husbands. (laughs) Smile at someone who is hard to love. Say hell to someone who doesn't care much about you. They forgot one letter. (laughs) One letter. Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. (laughs) Come on. We got to choose joy. This is good stuff. There aren't very many churches out there that are known for their joy. What a bummer. But how about we change that? How about we become the church in Owasso that's known for the joy? People just come here to be refreshed in the joy of the Lord. But for that to happen, we all got to choose joy. But to be honest, it's kind, of, it's kind of a challenge to choose joy. Anybody besides me find it a challenge sometimes? And the reason is there's actually an enemy out there who's on mission to strip joy out of your life. The devil can't have happy Christians because a Christian that's full of joy is going to make a tremendous impact for the kingdom of God. So he'll do anything he can to strip the joy out of your life. He steals it through a social media post. Anybody? Or through an addiction? Or by getting you so busy that you don't have time to spend time with God through prayer. You don't have time to spend time building relationships. They're going to bring you joy because you're too busy. Let me show you how Jesus explains what's going on here found in John 10, 10. The thief comes in only in order to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. There you go, Darla. You recognize that one because it came out of the amplified version. But did you ever notice that a thief doesn't wear a shirt that says, I'm a thief? They, they don't do that. They, they steal from you when you're not paying attention. Like they steal out of your car when you're not around and you left it unlocked. Or they steal out of your bank account by taking your debit card number without you knowing that they took it. It's funny, really. We think that it's going to be so obvious when the enemy is trying to steal something from us. But he's been at this for a long time, longer than you've been alive. So he does it like really sneaky, yeah, in a way that you don't know. He steals from you by getting your priorities out of whack. He steals from you by getting you around the wrong people. 
or by getting your thought life all messed up to where you're just thinking about the wrong things. If you try to do this without Jesus, the devil will steal from you left and right, and you won't even realize what's going on. But Jesus already came, and he came to give you life until it overflows. That's the promise to you. But let me put it to you this way. Jesus is your fraud protection. Ain't nobody taking your debit card number when Jesus is around. But all you got to do is submit your life to Jesus to, to gain this benefit. But too many of us are just trying to control this life in our own strength. We're trying to do it on our own. We're control freaks. And so we can't really like release that control and trust God. If only we realized how abundant our life would become if we would just humble ourselves and trust God that everything he says in his word is true. Imagine how abundant life would become. Jesus came to give you life, an abundant life. But the only way to experience this life is to humble yourself. I really think that that's kind of the word of 2020 is humility. Humble yourself. There's so much freedom that comes with that. And at first it feels like you're giving up something, right? That's why it's so hard to humble yourself. And you are giving up something, but only to gain life, abundant life. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So when you submit your life to Christ, the old life disappears. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of funny, but we kind of grieve that old life disappearing. And it's not because we want the old life back. It's because it's the only thing that we knew. And you kind of grieve that because of that. But when you let the old life go, the new life begins. It's so good. We're talking about the life that Jesus came to give you, an abundant life to the full until it overflows, a life full of joy. Joy is the destination of life in Christ. It is. But there's some choices you have to make to get there. You've got to follow the map. Like there's a divine order on the path to joy. And even Jesus had to walk down this path. It wasn't just us. And the reason he was able to endure the pain and the shame of being crucified on the cross on the cross is because he kept his eyes on the joy that was on the other side of that. He knew what was to come. And that's a message in and of itself because we tend to lose our joy when things aren't going real well in life. Maybe when our flesh is being crucified, we just let go of our joy. But we got to keep our eye on the joy that's the other so- on the other side so that we can walk through the pain with peace. Do you think Jesus was feeling joy when he was getting beat? Do you think that Jesus was feeling joy when he got nailed to a cross? Do you think he was feeling joy when the sin of the world was dumped on his shoulders and the Father left him because of it? No, he wasn't feeling joy because the cross is an ugly place. The cross is where death happens. That's where we, we go to the cross so that we can take everything in our life that isn't of God and put it to death. And it's not pleasant. It's not joyful when you're at the cross, but you can choose to endure the pain just like Jesus did and keep your eyes on the joy that's on the other side. You see, when Jesus was on the cross, he kept his eyes set on the joy that was to come. And you know what that joy was? You. That's what he was looking for. Jesus knew that what he was going through would hold the power to save you, to heal you, to restore relationship with you. So he kept his eyes on the joy of having a relationship with you. And that's what enabled him to endure the cross with peace. Let me show, show you what I mean in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 2. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So Jesus is our example of joy. When we're in tough times, we look forward to the joy that's ahead. There's a path to this great joy, and it's in three steps. I'm going to use an acronym today, JOY, to help you understand this. So this is where you start filling in those blanks if you're using your message notes this morning. Here's the first one. J stands for Jesus. Joy starts with Jesus. You'll never be full of joy without 
Jesus. And I'm not talking about a prayer that you said one Sunday. I'm talking about every day you live your life with Jesus. Jesus has to come first, just like it says in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And here's the next step in your path to joy, and that's others. There's no way to discover joy on the path to me, myself, and I. I deceive myself when I think that giving all my attention, all my time, all my money to myself is somehow going to bring joy into my life because it never works. Let me put it to you this way. Doing what you want, what you want, when you want, does not bring joy into your life. But we think that it does. I had to give that up a long time ago because I have three small kids now. You never realize giving up what you want, when you want, whenever you have kids, because you've got to give it up every day. Spending all your, all your money on yourself does not bring joy into your life. Come on, guys, we've tried it. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's only when you sacrifice your own desires for the sake of others that joy comes into your life. But that didn't sound like a very joyful statement. Sacrifice myself for others brings joy. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but that's God's way, and God's way works every time. Start with Jesus, give yourself to Jesus, humble yourself before him, and trust everything he teaches you in the Bible, including this next scripture, Acts 20, 35. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Here's what Jesus is saying. An others-focused life is more blessed than a me-focused life. If you want to be full of joy, you have to follow this divine order. Jesus first. And then I live my life looking for what I can give, not what I can get. And then and only then you get to the last step, and that is yourself. I don't even need to explain this one to you because we all know how to take care of ourselves, right? But get this, I'm not first. I'm not second. I'm third. Jesus first, then others. And then actually what you find is that Jesus takes care of you, and you don't even have to take care of yourself. So that's the divine order of joy. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says to give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. So God truly cares about you. Like God puts you first. That's good stuff. He cares about you that much. But in order to experience the benefits of new life in Jesus, you have to put Jesus first, then others, and then God takes care of you. So that's the path to joy. But like I told you earlier, there's also a purpose in joy. Have you ever noticed that when God does something in your life, it's not just for you? It's also for people around you. Like when God healed my wife of infertility five years ago, that wasn't just for us. It was for the grandparents. Amen. And it was really for the world because all of my kids have a purpose on their life that we're going to help them fulfill, and they're going to make a tremendous impact in the kingdom of God. All because God healed my wife of infertility. He did that for us, and he did it for others. When the Holy Spirit helped me overcome fear and anxiety that was trying to grip my soul earlier this year because of the pandemic and the riots and everything that was going on, when the Holy Spirit helped me overcome that fear and step into peace, that wasn't just for my benefit, it was also for my family. And it was also for my church, because I don't know if you've realized this, but it's a lot easier for you to walk in peace if your pastor is walking in peace, right? So God wants to give you joy, but it's not just going to benefit you, it's going to benefit everyone around you. There's a great example of this in the book of Isaiah, and this is kind of a funny place to go to look for joy because it's a rather serious book of the Bible. It was kind of a time uh, where Israel was going through some tough times. It, it reminds me of this year. They're like, oh, it couldn't get any worse, and then it got worse, kind of like we're experiencing this year. Uh, so Israel was in one of these seasons in the book of Isaiah, but look at this prophecy that was given in the middle of a dark season. Isaiah 9, verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light 
has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Come on, somebody, we may be in a land of deep darkness, but a light has dawned, right? God is going to enlarge our nation. He's going to increase our joy. The enemy's been defeated, and we're going to be rejoicing as we divide the plunder. The wealth of the wicked is transferred to the righteous. We're going to have all the provision we need to fulfill our purpose for this church and for our lives. I know it looks dark right now, but we've seen a great light, and his name is Jesus, and we can trust him to bring us to a place of victory and prosperity. Jesus comes to the rescue each time. Somebody say amen to that. It's the truth. It's the truth. So don't fear this battle that we're in. Don't fear it. You got to put on the attitude of a warrior. You guys, we are warriors. The battle is not the problem. It's how we handle the battle that can be the problem if we don't handle it right. Stop fearing the battle. Stop hiding from the battle. Put on your armor and engage in the battle because we know the outcome. Jesus has already won. Yeah, we win. And when we get to the end of this battle, we're going to have a heck of a time using what used to belong to the enemy that now belongs to us, and we're going to use it to make an incredible difference in the lives of others. That is how this is going to end up. So let's choose joy when we're walking through a dark season. Let's choose joy and keep our eyes on what's to come. And when we choose joy through the tough times, it's going to make a difference in the lives of others. That's That's the most important time to choose joy is when you don't feel like it. And I've realized that in order to choose joy, you have to be able to identify what godly joy looks like because there's a lot of imposters out there. People try to find joy through achievements or possessions or sex or substances, but all of that is a bunch of BS, like it doesn't work and we all know it. So none of that stuff works, but it's pretty easy to get deceived by these imposters. So let me just give you four qualifications of godly joy so you know whenever you found it. And here's the first one. Godly joy is inside out. God plants it on the inside and it's expressed on the outside. So if you're looking for joy that comes from the outside, it's an imposter because godly joy always comes from the inside. You see, Galatians 5.22 says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, and it goes on. So where does the Holy Spirit live? On the inside, in our spirits. And he's in there stirring up joy, and he's producing fruit on the outside for people to enjoy. You ever notice that a tree doesn't produce fruit for itself? It produces fruit for other people. So joy that comes from outside circumstances, like from a new car or a new job or a new girlfriend or from your kids finally behaving, have you guys ever noticed that that kind of joy just kind of disappears about as fast as it showed up? It's an imposter. Here's the next identifier of godly joy. Godly joy is beyond circumstances. Some people think that I have joy, so much joy because I have a perfect life. But there's only one thing that's perfect in my life, and that's my wife. But in everything else, I experience setbacks just like the rest of you. Just a few months ago, I remember waking up one morning, and I heard running water. Nobody else was awake, so it occurred to me, something must be wrong. Nobody's in the shower, so I looked around to try to find the water. It turns out our water heater had busted, and there's water just pouring out of the bottom of it. Now, our water heater is in the garage, in a closet, and get this, there's even a drain in the water heater closet for these kind of incidents. But whoever put the water heater in whenever they built our house didn't think it was important to connect the little drip pan under the water heater to the drain that was under the water heater, so the water was just going everywhere. Yeah, some of it went into the garage, but most of it went into our master closet. It's like a swimming pool in there. 
slosh, slosh, slosh. And I'm just glad that I had kind of like worked on my choose and joy muscle because I was able to choose it pretty easily this time. We had just gotten our COVID stimulus check and all of it went to replacing a water heater. But hey, we got to support a local business and help provide for the families that work for that business. Come on, somebody choose joy. And there's always joy. Just a few months later, our main drain got clogged in our house. And the sewage started backing up into our shower and into our bathtub. And it smelled awesome. It was a good day. Beth, Beth loved it. How'd you choose joy on that story, babe? Took her a couple days. But it's just another opportunity to choose joy and support another local business by hiring a plumber to come clean it out for us. And you probably won't believe this next part, but it was, I think it was the next week. Our electrical panel burned up on our septic system. We have an aerobic septic system. Like, it looked like it had caught fire. And so the septic system wasn't working. We didn't know it. It filled up to the brim, all the tanks. It was about to back up into our house. Luckily, we saw the red light out there. And so there were a few days where we couldn't do laundry. We couldn't run the dishwasher. We could only flush the toilets as few times as possible. We couldn't take a shower. So, I mean, we were a special bunch there for a few days. But, hey, we got another opportunity this time to support two local businesses because we got to call out the septic guy and we got to call out an electrician. It was good stuff. We got to choose joy. If you thought our life was perfect, there you go. We're presented with opportunities every day to choose joy. But it's okay because godly joy is beyond circumstances. We don't have to have a perfect life to experience joy. We can choose joy regardless of what's going on. Psalm 19.8 says, The commandments of the Lord are right, and they bring joy to your heart. The commandments of the Lord are clear. They give insight for living. So when we follow the instructions that we find in the Word of God, we remain full of joy even when our circumstances aren't joyful. Amen? Godly joy comes from the inside out. And here's the next one. Godly joy is with others. There's no joy on the path to me, myself, and I. Godly joy only comes when we live our lives with others. That's why we put so much effort into our small groups. It's because we want you to experience the joy and the freedom that comes whenever you develop a close relationship with other believers. I know you don't need something else to do. I know you're busy. I know it's hard and it's intimidating to build these relationships with other believers. But the only reason that we do small groups is because we want you to experience the joy and the freedom that comes whenever you develop these relationships. There's no ulterior motive. I don't get paid more when you join a small group. I don't. Like, there's no benefit for me in this. The benefit is all for you. If you're not in a small group, I want you to do your best to work it into your schedule. But if you can't work it into your schedule, I do have another assignment for you. I understand. Sometimes you can't. And I only bring this up because it's important. I don't want you to go through an entire small group semester without working on these relationships. So if there's not a small group that works for you, I want you to find one or two people here at church and, and dedicate yourselves every week to either go to lunch with them, have them over for dinner, go out to coffee, whatever you guys want to do. Just commit yourselves to do it every week and build that relationships. Do whatever it takes to build relationships here at church. Joining a small group is probably the easiest thing that you can do because we set that up for you. But if you can't do a small group, just get together with somebody. It'll be worth it. I promise you. First Corinthians 12, 25 says, there should be no division in the body. It's meaning the church. There should be no division in the church, but that all of us should have equal concern for each other. And what this means, no division, it means no separation. It's not like we have the new believers and the spiritually elite. No, we're like all together. It's not like we have this race and then that race. No, we're all one. We're all in this together. Because if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. That'd be a good message, wouldn't it? Maybe we should do that next. 
If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So we suffer together, we rejoice together, godly joy is experienced when we live life together. And the enemy wants to steal these relationships from you because they produce so much good things in your life, but you don't have to let them. And here's the last way to identify godly joy, and that's godly joy is going to win. When you choose joy, it will always lead you to a place of victory. When you choose joy, instead of being upset with your spouse, you're going to win in your marriage. When you choose joy, instead of barking at your kids, you're going to win as a parent. Right? When you choose joy, when you come to church to serve, instead of coming in with a bad attitude, you're going to win people to Christ. When you choose joy, you're going to be full of strength, just like Nehemiah says. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. As I've been preparing this series, I've been trying to think of things that represent joy, and one of the things that came to mind was confetti, right? And so uh, when we live our lives by ourselves, it's kind of like having one piece of confetti. Only at this point, it's no longer pronounced confetti, it's confetti, right? Confetti. And here's what it looks like when we try to experience joy by ourselves. You ready for this? Come on, y'all. Nobody got excited. What's the matter? So at some point, we realize it's really not that fun, like doing it by ourselves. So we bring some stuff into our lives, like we get a new pair of shoes and a new car that we can't afford. We renovate our house and roll it into the mortgage. Let's restart that mortgage. Uh, what, do we, what else do we do? We eat some ice cream? Anybody? We go on vacation, I mean, at least for a week. So, I mean, that's at least worth a few of these, right? And so we do all that, and then here's what it looks like. Woo! Y'all didn't even get excited about that. It didn't last very long, did it? It didn't last. So, there's got to be more, right? I mean, what's godly joy like? Joy that lasts, joy that sustains us, joy that gives us strength, and joy that just keeps on coming. What's that like? I got to put my mic in my back pocket to show this one to you. (laughs) Only if that was godly joy, it would keep on going. It's awesome. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on, God. It's time to choose joy. It is. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to choose joy. You know, the Bible says that heaven throws, heaven throws a huge party every time somebody gives their life to Jesus. I mean, there must be a never-ending party going on up there. Heaven's going to be a good time. I don't know if you guys realize that. But if you're a bump on a log down here, you're going to be really uncomfortable when you step into heaven. I want to be real with you guys, though. Saying yes to Jesus is more than saying a prayer on a Sunday morning. It's more than the emotions that you feel after a church service. Saying yes to Jesus is saying goodbye to your old life so that you can step into new life in Christ. Maybe you're new to church or... Maybe you've been in church for a long time, but you've yet to do that. You've yet to say goodbye to your old life so that you can step into your new life. Well, I want to let you know that this morning, heaven's blowing up balloons right now. They're getting ready for your party. It's time for your party. It's time to say goodbye to me, myself, and I. And it's time to say yes to Jesus. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will do what your word tells me to do. Yes, 
I will choose joy. So if that's you, I want to just take a moment this morning to let you have a conversation with Jesus and tell him that you're ready. You're ready to dedicate your life to him. So go ahead and dim those lights down for me, guys. Go ahead and close your eyes, everybody. And let's all just have a conversation with Jesus right now. He's here. He's listening. He's ready to hear from you. Lord, I sense your presence here this morning. And I just want to bow myself in humility to you. Lord, we lift you, we elevate you. We say, this is you, not us. Lord, we want your way, not ours. Lord, we choose humility. Revelation. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Amen. God has been showing me all morning some things about you guys. And what a message that we needed, right? I mean, that was just a message that we needed. But I was having a conversation with one of the guys this morning, one of the young guys. And he was telling me how God was how God was working in his life. He was showing him dreams and, and visions and things. And he's been showing him, he's been having dreams for months. And he said, Mark, I've got to ask you, what's going on with me? And I said, God is trying to show you what you need to do in your life. But you have to make the decision to take what he's trying to show you and act upon it. Because, you know, God can be trying to tell you things, and you're not listening worth a hoot. I mean, you're not listening. You don't want to hear it because it's something that you don't you don't want to do. Or, you know, you may need to change something. Or, you know, man, just... And he's trying to talk to you. And he's trying to talk to you through the Holy Spirit. And he's giving you that... Well, it's, it's like this. Just, just give me a second here. Let me tell this story. We were at Chili's last night. And one of the waitresses looked up. And she looked up in the west. And the sun was sitting there. But there was so much smoke in the air. She said, look, you know, my, my dad always told me never to look straight into the sun. But I can look straight into the sun now and it doesn't even hurt. And I was, I was sitting there going, man, what a revelation. All this stuff going on is a smoke screen. There is something great fantastic that's getting ready to happen and all this stuff that's been going on this year is just a smoke screen to try and get us to not go the direction that we should be going 
do you think that this opening in the Supreme Court is just something that happened? It's not. It's not. This is something that God is putting into place. He didn't, he didn't kill this woman. It was just time for her to step down, folks. God is putting this into place, showing us that I'm bringing something great to you, and I'm going to show you. So God was telling me when Cade was talking a while ago, talking about joy, and then he let that confetti go. Man, we're supposed to be excited about what is getting ready to happen. We're not supposed to be in depression. We're not supposed, we just can't. I told that, I told Taylor this morning, he was the one talking to me. I said, Taylor, get ready because your life is getting ready to get better because you're making decisions for something because God's trying to show you. And now, God told me this morning, you tell them that I'm getting ready to show them something. But you got to be willing to do it. You got to be willing to say, I want to be, God, show me. How many of you are willing to do that? Stand, come on, stand up with Cade and I. And, and Cade, I just want to speak over this bunch. And I want to speak over you. Man, it's time. It's time that God starts to show us something. Because we really, like I've always said, we ain't got time to waste. And man, it's getting ready to get good. But it's going to get good for those who are faithful. There are some people just bowing out of church because they think it's, it's not worth coming to. Guys, you got to get into church and you got to get involved and you got to get going because it's getting ready to get good. You got to get ready to give because the more you have, the more you give and the more you give, the more you have. Don't be stingy with your money. Get ready to give because God's going to let it overflow. I'm talking, to, I'm talking to all of you this morning. If you're ready to listen to God, put your hands up in the air. Put a hand up in the air right now. Don't be wondering what the next person's doing to you. I'll be doing besides you. In Jesus' name, I speak over you right now. I speak over the pastor of this church. I speak over his family. I speak over his wife. I speak over his kids. I speak over each and every couple in this room, each and every man and woman that is willing to say, God, speak to me. Speak to me in dreams and visions. And when I'm driving down the road, you just start talking to me. In Jesus' name, this is what's going to happen to you. Things are getting ready to stir. America's going to get better than it ever has. You're going to pay off all of your debt. You're not going to have any debt left, short or long debt. There's not going to be anything left because you make the decision and you say, God, talk to me. He's going to show you how to get rid of that debt. He's going to show you how to get rid of that depression. In Jesus' name, I'm speaking over you right now. This is what is going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you because you are a family of God. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Kate. Amen. Go ahead and stay standing and just grab hands with the person next to you. <laughs> God, we come to you this morning as your church, one body in unity, and we ask you to give us everything that you have for us. Lord, we receive everything that you have for us. We know you have a great purpose for this church. 
We know you have a great purpose for every individual, every family in this room. And we know what you're about to do is gonna blow our minds. And we look forward with great joy on what's to come. No more depression, no more anxiety, no more worry. We walk around with a smile on our face and it's not fake. It's because we got the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's give God a shout of praise. God, we love you. We praise you. You're so good. You're so good. Y'all can take a seat real quick. If you prayed to receive Jesus today, if you said goodbye to your old life and yes to your new life, there is a journey that's ahead. And it all starts with water baptism. And then there's some other things that you're going to walk through as well. But we want to walk through those things with you. We can't help you, though, if we don't know. So we set up an easy way for you to tell us. You simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883. We'll text you back, and, and we'll help you through that journey. It'll be a good time. Well, y'all, every Sunday, it's important that we take a moment just to uh, remember the impact of our giving here at No Limits. Did you guys know that two other churches meet here in our facility every week? There's G6 Church that meets here on Sunday evenings, and there's Life Revolution Church that meets here on Friday evenings. How awesome is it that we get to provide a great venue for these churches to get together and worship and spread the good news of Jesus just like we're doing? It's really a win-win all around. They pay a small fee to use our building, uh, which helps us cover rent, utilities, maintenance, all that kind of stuff. And when I say small fee, I mean it's extremely uh, minuscule in comparison to what they would uh, pay anywhere else to have access to a venue and equipment. Like we just give them everything they need. They get to come in and have a good time. The thing that they get so excited about is they, uh, both of them are used to going somewhere and setting up all their equipment. And here they get to just come in, plug in their instruments and have a good time. And the only reason that we were able to do this is because of your generosity. Your generosity enabled us to secure this venue, to renovate this venue, to get this venue ready. And it not only benefits us now, but what does it do? It benefits others because that's God's plan for our generosity. It's so good. So thank you all for being so generous. That is kingdom work. Yeah. That's God taking what we do, what we give, and just multiplying it beyond our wildest imagination. So if you're ready to give today and you're giving by cash or check, you can raise your hand. One of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. You can also give online anytime. And how you get there is you just type nolimits.fyi into your phone, your tablet, computer, whatever you're using. There's a giving button there that'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.